Hi, everybody. Today I'm speaking with Chai. For Chai's Indian parents, making sure she gets married is essential to how they see their role in her life. Her mom even signed her up for matrimonial match sites. But Chai has a very different idea about how and why she might get married. Let's get into it. My name is Chaitanya Balasubramaniam. I go by Chai. And in my family, we call my mom Amma and my dad Appa. I was born in Columbus, Ohio. They really raised me in a very traditional uh, Hindu household. And they had, they had always drilled into me, like, just because you were born in America doesn't make you American. You're still Indian at heart, you know? Like, we don't want you being all corrupt, dating and doing all that stuff, you know, before marriage. Funny enough, my mother, we're from a caste a uh, within Hinduism called Brahmin and we're like considered like the priestly caste so she wanted me to like marry a guy that was part of this caste and as the years have gone on she has she's been kind of opening her horizons because at this point she's like all right the big three o is coming up she's really you know she's really on the clock right now in Indian culture we have something called the matrimonial websites. <laughs> it's kind of like a dating site that's arranged by your parents. My mom set up a profile for me. <laughs> she scoped out a few candidates. I- I'm not gonna lie, I didn't like 95% of them. But you know, my mom is just like, Indian parents do a lot of this is <laughs> emotional blackmail and just like, Oh, I raised you. You know, I did so much for you. You know, you can't even just go on one date for me. So, you know, she kind of used a little bit bit of that. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, all right, you know, I'll go on one date for you. It was a complete bust. You know, it's really interesting, something that's very prevalent across Indian culture. The reason why our parents really push, at least my parents really push me to get married is because marriage is part of the graph of life. You know, you need to do it. Like they don't see it as an optional thing, as something that you do because you happen to find somebody you fell in love with. It's something you, it's a duty. And not only is it my duty, it's also their duty as parents to ensure that they find somebody for me. So they take it upon themselves. Like we're not doing our job if you don't get married. We can't rest. We can't enjoy our retirement years. We can't do anything until we complete this task. Part of me logically understands that this is my decision this is only about me and my life. But then another part of me sort of feels like, uh, no, it's not, you know, it's like it affects them too. So I need to take their thoughts into consideration. I am currently um, actively dating and I use, you know, like the dating apps and stuff for myself. But then my mom was like, all right, well, if you're using the dating apps, you have to also give my, like the matrimonial sites a, a try. And I'm like, okay, I mean, fine, whatever, you know, fair enough. I'll be working, it's 2 p.m., got a meeting coming up in 15 minutes, and I get a FaceTime call, and I'm like, I'm out, what's going on? And she's like, there are these five boys, well-educated, from well-to-do families. Please just look at their pictures. I'm like, all right, I got five minutes, let's take a look. The problem that ends up happening is I try to treat these matrimonial sites the same way I treat dating sites, where I'm like, Hey, you know, if you're cool, let's talk, you know, and we'll meet up, we'll hang out, you know, if things go well, we can date for a couple of years. And a lot of the men that are on these sites are like, 
straight from India, you know, they're, they're just living here, um, you know, for grad school or they work here or something, but they're from India. There's a cultural gap where a lot of these guys are like, all right, let's get that wedding started. Like, you know, let's start planning. And I'm like, I'm not ready for that. And if I complain to my mom about it, she's like, well, yeah, like, what are you going to do? Wait two years. And I'm like, that's exactly what I was trying to do. (laughs) She doesn't understand, you know, like chemistry and like, for example, a guy could technically be into the same hobbies as you, which my mom finds on these profiles. Like, this guy likes hiking just like you. You guys are like meant to be, you know? She sees all these things and she's like, oh my God, like, that's it. But what she doesn't understand is like, it's not just about the hobbies on paper. It's just, it's having this conversation and it organically flowing to where you feel like, man, like this is like a person that I could be like good friends with. This is a person that I can like lay down next to like and just watch the stars and talk for like five hours. Like that's a concept to my mom that's completely foreign to my mom. What I have to do is like explain to her, like if I talk to someone she chooses and I reject him and she's usually very dejected about it. She's like, again, like you don't like this guy. What's wrong with him? I'm showing her my text. Like, okay, do you see how awkward he sounds? Do you see like how he's like, interviewing me he's not having a conversation he's just asking me questions like he doesn't have anything to say and then she's like oh that'll come after marriage like who cares you know so sometimes it's not even so much that there's a communication gap it's a lack of understanding a lack of understanding what it means to feel something for somebody to have a spark to have all those things those are things that come with romance that come with love which is out of scope for a lot of my family members because of the fact that they've all had arranged marriages. And that's really the culture that they grew up in. She's like, girl, you're being way too picky. Like, you know, and I think a lot of my pickiness comes from the fact that I am independent and the fact that I support myself and I don't see marriage as an outlet to freedom. I don't see marriage as a way to be able to accomplish things. I see marriage as simply companionship. By trying to teach my mother what I need in a partner, I've been able to learn a lot about myself and what I need. Like, see, this is what I like. This is what I like. And what what you're showing me is not that. It's like you you remind yourself, hey, I'm not being picky. I'm not being difficult. I'm just looking for what's right for me. It's kind of funny. When you verbalize your truth, you're able to accept it more. You know, it's like, this is what it is. So yeah, that's kind of what I've gotten out of this experience. <laughs> Chai's willingness to entertain her mother's suggestions made me want to give her a medal. Compared to talking to our parents about what we want in romantic relationships, time travel seems like a breeze. How can we help our parents understand what we're really looking for and why? To help us figure it out, I called in an expert. My name is Varsha Mathur. I am a dating and relationship coach. And I work with singles and couples to find love and keep love in that very ideal, healthy, no settling, no compromise kind of way. I am formerly a lawyer and a mediator, but I find that this is more up my passion and love and uh, I get a lot more meaning out of this work. When you listen to Chai's story, what did you hear? So much. So this is, she is exactly who all of my clients are. Okay. So I, I work with women just like her. I work with parents like her parents. What I heard right off the bat is that there is just so much pressure from the family. It almost is like a barrier to 
inviting anyone in that's going to be ideal and attractive and and what she wants because she's constantly being given all of these people who don't fit her that are quite frankly the opposite of what she wants i think it's really important in the early stages of dating to be really clear about what you're going to do to put those pressures aside so they don't actually keep affecting the next person that you're going to date or meet so let's talk about this family pressure. One of the things that she said that I really appreciated was she said that her parents feel like they will not have completed their parental duty until she is married. So can you talk a little bit about where that comes from, why it's so important, and whether it's even possible for parents to find any compromise when they have taken this on as a solemn duty? Yeah, absolutely. So definitely comes from traditional Indian families. And I'm going to speak to Indians because that's my background and that's the background she noted. But also I find this to be the case in all families that come from very traditional, religious, like really old cultures as well. You know, I see that in the Latin American community, Black church-going communities. I see it in Italian families. So it's kind of this understanding that the way that you live your life in this sequential order is the thing that you do because it's tried and true. It's the path that's not the bumpy path. And you do it because, well, why wouldn't you? Because everyone else did it and it worked for them. And in the Indian culture as well, there's just like all of this survival of the fittest mentality. You know, you've got competition. And so there's this need to get it right. And parents feel that pressure on themselves. And we can get into all sorts of layers of this, whether it's caste, whether it's education. But the thing for daters is that this is your parents' issue. I find that the work in actually separating yourself from what your parents' needs are is really important because otherwise all you're doing is carrying the burdens of your family on your shoulders and it's keeping you from living your own life as you want to live. Um, and so it's going to be different for everyone on how they recognize this and how they choose to put it aside. But it is essentially going to make you happier when you realize that you can't make everyone happy. I'm going to push back on that <laughs> a little bit because in essence, you want someone like Chai to be like, mom, that sounds like it's your problem. And that's just not going to work. <laughs> no, 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 no. So what I hear in what you just said is the extreme opposite end of it. And what I'm saying is that choosing to not carry the burdens does not have to equal dismissing your family. Um, it really is about cultivating your experience, enrolling your family. Um, and it's going to be different for everyone because not everyone's parents are going to be open to just the typical way of having these conversations. But disrespecting or dismissing your culture does not have to be the way to free, feeling free and independent yourself. That's where discovering who do you want to be? What do you want your experience of dating and your life to be? What do you want your experience of your relationship to your parents to be? And then go from there. Because what I'm finding, there's a lot of just like tug of war going on and not a lot of meeting of the minds. You know, they said that saying like, agree to disagree. Well, that's okay, you know, and there's a lot of ways to do that respectfully by respecting them and respecting yourself. I think that Chai has been really 
earnest about trying to compromise with her mom. So she does go on some of these arranged dates that her mom wants to send her on. And she does bring back feedback and she does try to explain why that particular person was not a good match for her. But that seems like a band-aid because ultimately her mother's goal of getting her married hasn't changed, hasn't wavered. Mm -hmm. When Jai is interacting with her mom and when her mom is interacting with her, in my opinion, like so far, like what I've heard is that there's no willingness to work together on understanding what it is that the parent is actually saying, or that the child is actually saying, adult child granted. You know, what I often suggest is to educate one another on why you want those things for them, right? Because there might be a little bit of like assumptions going on. Jai might think her mom wants this because this, this, and this, one, two, and three. And the mom thinks Jai wants it because of three, four, five. She's watched too much Bollywood, whatever it is. And That's usually not actually the case. And so what I offer parents is, you know, actually sit your child down and explain to them why it's worked for you the way that you did it. Because they actually jump over the stories about, hey, your dad and I had intimate moments sometimes when we met at first. We actually struggled financially. And these are the ways that we learned to get along together, even though we hadn't met before. And same thing goes for Chai. She can actually sit them down and say, this is what it means to date on an app. And when I say I'm going out, it is not like an arranged marriage sitting together and going out. And I think there's like a huge gap in just understanding some of the definitions, stories, and backgrounds. And there's just a lot of this like surface conversation. Hmm. Okay, so talk to the parents. Tell me what you sort of say to your clients when you're trying to get them to shift their perspective on this? Well, I can't get them to shift their perspective. It really has to be a willingness to look at what they're doing and be willing to see it a different way, just like it is with the kids, right? The parents are asking them to see it a different way. Parents have to be willing to see it a different way as well. And if there is a willingness, then we can have a conversation around trusting and loving your children because at the end of the day, everything they're doing is like almost a convincing game, a proving game, because what's happening is that they are doing all the things they think are going to show their kids they love them, but they're not actually trusting and loving in the way that the kids need to be trusted and loved. What I really suggest to parents is to take a look at like, what is it that you really want for them and how How is it even possible that they could have that outside of the vision that you thought they would have it in? Um, And to just experiment with what life could look like outside of the way you know it to be. My final question to you is a little bit broader. You know, I'm also a first a first gen. I don't come from a culture where arranged marriages are, you know, common. But One of the things that I hear a lot when I talk to first gens on the show is that they experience, like me, a lot of parenting that was born in fear. Our parents come from other places, from other countries, from other cultures, and there are so many unknowns and so many variables that so much of what they inculcate in us comes from their fears about what could happen to us. Can you talk a little bit about how fear shows up? when it comes to marriage and dating, you know, and the context of these two generations? 
the fear itself with the parents, for example, is really stemming from, you know, I, I hate to say it this way, but I don't know if it's the right terminology, but survival of the fittest, right? Immigrant parents were kicking butt, showing up every day to get where they are today. And that is no small feat. And the fear that their children then will not get more or better than what they had is hard. It's hard to think about that. And it's also troubling because as the world changes, it's yet another thing that they need to learn, right? Like you come from this culture, you learn all these new things, you make something of yourself. And now 20, 30 years have passed and the culture is totally different again. So now we have to learn yet another new culture. That next level of uncertainty is really hard to be with, right? Because you're, you're thinking, oh, my kid was going to get married and have kids and I was going to retire and done. And now my kid's 35 and there are no grandkids. What, what, what it went wrong, you know? And that's okay. That's normal. And so what I often say is that, first of all, let's acknowledge ourselves as parents, as families for how far you've come. Too often, the next, the next, the next thing that is supposed to be achieved or accomplished is the focus instead of celebrating where you are. Like immigrant families have achieved a ridiculous amount. And I know I sound like a broken record and everybody, you know, whatever. It's not, it's never going to be enough to say that. And then the other thing is to allow the fear, right? Because when you are so driven, when you're a doer, you're an immigrant, hardworking person, and you've raised your children to be the same, the feelings almost seem like they weigh you down, but it is kind of a counterintuitive thing to actually allow yourself to be scared, to actually be okay with the emotion that comes with uncertainty. It's totally, totally okay for you to be like, I don't know what's going on with my child, with my future, with their future. And then, um, you know, really understanding that at the core of the issue, everybody wants the same thing. And this is where the work comes in, is like to actually put down these automatic behaviors of go, 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 fight, 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 climb the ladder, and touch down to love, trust, belief, possibilities for your family in a different way and re restructuring that picture. I love that. That was such a great note to end on. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> All right, let's recap what we learned from Varsha. Release the burden. Separate yourself from your parents' needs respectfully. You don't need to reject your background or your culture to address your needs, to express them, and to have them met. Spell things out. Avoid making assumptions. Just explain the words that you're using, the terminology, share specific stories to illustrate your points and speak clearly and with confidence about why things are important to you. Then ask your loved ones to do the same. And remember, pause to celebrate. Share a moment with your loved ones where you simply take stock and celebrate just how much you and your family have already achieved. Thank you for listening and for sharing us. How to Talk to Mommy and Papi about anything is an original production of LWC Studios. Virginia Lora is the show's producer. Cordin Tashiro is our mixer. Manuela Bedoya is our social media editor. Cedric Wilson is our lead producer. Jen Chien is our executive editor. Jimmy Gutierrez is our managing editor. 
I'm the creator, Juleka Lantigua. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Talk to Mommy Papi. Please follow us and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Bye, everybody. Same place next week.